Hi, my name's Andrew Chamberlain and I'm a writer and creative writing tutor and you are listening to episode 9 of the Creative Writers Tool Belt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. Before I start, I wanted to let you know that I'm going to be taking a break for the next episode to think about the topics I'm going to focus on next. Generally, I get one of these episodes out every two weeks, but a planned break means that I'll be back with episode 10 at the end of May. Meanwhile, I'd be grateful for any feedback, comments or criticism that you want to send me. I'm especially interested in constructive criticism. What could I do better? Let me know. I'm grateful to those of you like Kate and Giles and, of course, Jay Nelson, who have left comments on the group at Goodreads. If you haven't done so, please consider joining our group, the Creative Writers Tool Belt, at goodreads.com and leave a comment there. Based on the feedback I've had, the three things that I will be focusing on in the next session will be using dialogue to enrich your characters, ebook self-publishing and foreshadowing. So I'll cover those subjects in the next few weeks after I'm back. The other way to contact me is by email and I will respond to any emails I get. You can email me at andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com and you can reach that email via my website which is www.andrewjchamberlain.com So let's get to the substance of what I want to talk about today and I want to cover a couple of issues. First, why you should try to use precise and powerful verbs and second, why you should almost always favour the active voice over the passive voice. And I'll explain what these terms mean when we get to them. First of all, why should you use precise active verbs that are full of life? Well, the verbs that you use in your writing are the engine of your writing. They are what gives your prose pace and vibrancy. Choose the right ones and your story will zip along, carrying your readers with it. So what is a verb? Well, it's simply a word that conveys an action or a state. So, for example, in the sentence... I stood at the bus stop. The verb is stood. It's what I'm doing. Here's another example. She took the knife from him. Here the verb is took. There's nothing wrong with that sentence. She took the knife from him. But from a creative writing point of view, it's not telling us all that it could. We don't know the context of the story. Maybe these two people are laying the table for dinner. Or maybe one of them's trying to stab another one. The verb to take is failing on both counts here because it's neither precise and so telling us the context, nor is it particularly energetic. Let's change the sentence a little bit. She took the knife from him quickly. I've used the word quickly to qualify the word. These kinds of words are called adverbs. And now we have a slightly better idea of what's going on. These people are probably not just laying the table for dinner. Perhaps there's some kind of conflict going on. But the problem is that if you start with a weak verb, dressing it up with an adverb doesn't make it any stronger. The sentence is still a little flat. So let's get rid of the verb took and the adverb quickly and try something else. She grabbed the knife from him. Okay, so now we have a story because the verb that we've chosen, grabbed, has got a little bit more energy to it and it's giving us more of a sense of what is going on. Let's have a look at a couple more examples. Here's one I've used before, but it makes the point well. The man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. Now that's the first line from book one of Stephen King's acclaimed Dark Tower series. But why does it work? Well, in the main, it works because there is one word which more than any other is driving that sentence and it's the word fled. And that is a verb. And if King had written this, 
The man in black ran quickly across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. The whole thing would have just lost its sense of urgency. The sentence is just not as compelling. Here's another example. He threw a stone into the sea. Well, that's kind of flat. The verb, threw, is not really carrying any precision. It's not telling us anything about the state of mind of the subject of the sentence. Let's try something different. He hurled the stone into the sea. That's a bit better. It's got a bit more energy about it. How about this? He flung the stone into the sea. Well, that's okay. But suppose we want to reflect our character's mood more accurately. And perhaps he's not angry or frustrated. Perhaps he's just being playful. In that case, we could try this. He flipped the stone into the sea. The verb flipped is doing a better job here because it's more precise about the intent of the subject of the sentence. How about this? Danny looked over his shoulder and then jumped quickly over the wall. Compare that sentence to this one. Danny looked over his shoulder and then leapt over the wall. Can you see what's going on there? It's another example of how an adverb is being used in the first example to prop up a weak verb, but it doesn't really work. It's much better to use a single verb that carries within it all of the energy that we want to convey in the sentence than to use a weak verb and then add an adverb to it. So what's going on here? It's another example of how an adverb is being used to prop up a weak verb, but it doesn't really work. I think the reason is that the reader loses touch with the pace and sense of the story. The writer has just asked the reader's brain to think of the action at a certain speed and energy with the verb jump. And then the reader is jolted into stepping up a gear with the word quickly. Always try and find a verb that works on its own and is powerful and precise on its own and doesn't need an adverb. One useful tool to help you selecting the right verb or indeed the right word in any context is a thesaurus. And this is a reference book that groups together words with similar meanings. If you have a word in mind, like in this case, the word jumped in the previous example, and you need another one that is similar, but perhaps has got a little bit more punch to it. So in this case, the word leapt, a thesaurus might help you to find that. And you can get a decent thesaurus online at thesaurus.com, or you can buy a physical one from a bookshop. So that's the first point I want to make. Use precise, vibrant, active verbs in your writing. And the second thing is this. Most of the time, it will be better to use the active voice than the passive voice. Now, I'm aware that some of you will have heard these phrases before. And for some of you, perhaps this is completely new. You've never heard of active voice and passive voice before. Don't worry if this is new to you. What I say here will be enough for you to apply the technique to your writing. And there's numerous articles on the Internet which will help you to explore the topic further if you want to. But I believe the best way to understand the difference between active and passive voice is to think of the core components of a clause or sentence. And these components are an agent, a verb and a patient. Some of you might have been expecting me to talk about the subject and object of a sentence at this point, but I want you to forget about those terms for now. Instead, just think in terms of agent, verb and patient. And here's the definition of those terms. The agent is the thing that's doing the action. It's causing the event. It's making something happen. It initiates something. The verb, as we've already talked about, is just simply what's being done, what's being initiated. And the patient in a clause or a sentence is that which is on the receiving end of whatever's going on. Perhaps the best way to show this is, again, with some examples. So let's consider this simple sentence. The cat sat on the mat. Now here, the cat is doing something. It's sitting on the mat. So the cat is the agent. It's the thing that's doing the action. Sat is the verb and mat is the patient 
on which the action is being taken. Here's another example. The girl read the book. So here, the girl is the agent. She's doing something. What is she doing? She's reading. That's the verb. And the book is on the receiving end of it also. That's the patient. Let's have one more example. The mouse ran up the clock. Here, the mouse is the agent. The verb is ran and the clock is the patient. Now, if you speak or write in the active voice, what this means is that the agent is the subject of the verb. So the agent is doing what the verb is describing. The cat sat on the mat is the first example I used. The agent, the cat, is doing the action. It's sitting on the mat. The girl read the book. The agent, the girl, is doing the reading. And here's one more example for you. The dog jumps over the stick. The dog is the agent, jumps is the verb, and the stick is the patient. Now suppose I wrote that last sentence slightly differently. Suppose I wrote it like this. The stick was jumped over by the dog. Here, we seem to have changed the order of the elements in our sentence. The agent, the dog, is now at the end of the sentence, and the patient, the stick, is at the front. So now I'm emphasising that it was the stick that was jumped over. So the stick, which is the patient in this sentence, is linked to the verb jumped. And this sentence is in the passive voice because the verb is linked to the patient, the stick, and not the agent, the dog. Here's another example. A decision was reached by the committee. Now here, patient is the decision and the agent is the committee. But the patient, a decision, is linked to the verb. So it's in the passive voice. I could change this sentence to put it into the active voice and it would be like this. The committee reached a decision. And now the agent, the committee, is linked to the verb, so it's in the active voice. One useful way perhaps to think about this is to remember that when the subject is the agent, the voice is active, and when the subject is the patient, the voice is passive. So that was quite a venture into the world of linguistics and grammar. And why did I put you through that? Well, the answer is that for creative writing in English, in most instances, it's much better to write in the active voice. The construction of the sentence is more natural and, crucially for us as writers, gives a smoother and easier experience to the reader. So let me give you another example. The rope was held by Mark when around us fell the avalanche. That sounds a bit clunky, doesn't it? Now, why is that? Well, first of all, this sentence comprises two clauses. Both of them are in the passive voice. The rope was held by Mark and around us fell the avalanche. In the first clause... The patient, the rope, is linked to the verb rather than the agent. So the agent in that first clause is Mark, but it's the rope as the patient which gets linked to the verb. In the second clause, which is particularly clunky, the patient, us, is linked to the verb fell rather than to the agent, avalanche. Let me read that sentence to you again. The rope was held by Mark when around us fell the avalanche. There's lots of passive voice going on in there and it does sound a bit cranky. So let's turn it into the active voice. This is what it would sound like. Mark held the rope when the avalanche fell around us. That sounds a bit better, doesn't it? And we'll come back to this sentence in a moment. But I just wanted to make the point that the passive voice isn't always wrong. Again, like most creative writing rules, this one applies most of the time, but not all of the time. In cases where you want to draw attention to whatever the patient is, you might want to use the passive voice. So consider this example. 
A glorious sunrise can be observed at around five o'clock in the morning. Here, the patient, a glorious sunrise is the main thing in the sentence. So we make it the subject of the sentence. Here's another example. The unidentified victim was found in the early hours of the morning. Again, the unidentified victim is what this sentence is all about, but it's the patient. So we've used it as the subject of the sentence and linked it to the verb. So occasionally the passive voice might be better, but generally stick to the active voice. Okay, so let's bring the two points that I've made in this podcast together and come back to that example I used about the avalanche just now. I was talking earlier about using active, powerful verbs and how their two main tasks are to bring precision to what you're saying and to give energy to your writing. And I've also spoken about the active and passive voice and how active is preferable in most cases. So let's get back to that earlier example. The rope was held by Mark when around us fell the avalanche. And that was all in the passive voice. And then we changed it to the active voice by making the agents, Mark and the avalanche, the subject of their respective clauses. So it then became, Mark held the rope when the avalanche fell around us. But is there anything else we can do to improve this sentence? Yeah, there certainly is. Thinking back to the point about wanting precision and power in our verbs, let's change it a little bit. Mark grabbed the rope when the avalanche fell around us. So that's better. Or even... Mark grabbed the rope when the avalanche thundered around us. And finally, one more tweak I'm going to do to it. I've mentioned the fact that it's wise to avoid adverbs if possible. So here's how my sentence could sound. Mark grabbed the rope when the avalanche engulfed us. So I've replaced the verb thundered and its adverb around with just one verb, engulfed. That's a better sentence. And just to give you some perspective on that, what we started with was this sentence. The rope was held by Mark when around us fell the avalanche. And this is what we finished with. Mark grabbed the rope when the avalanche engulfed us. I hope you'll agree that that second sentence sounds much better. The reason it sounds better is because we've applied the two principles that I've talked about in this podcast. First of all, we've used active, lively, powerful, precise verbs. Secondly, we've used the active voice. So in this episode... I've quoted from The Gunslinger, which is book one in the Dark Tower series by Stephen King, published by Hot Paperbacks. I've also used The Guide to Grammar and Writing from Capital Community College Foundation's website. I've also used Wikipedia, bless them, to check my explanations of grammatical constructions. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you can use these two techniques and apply them to improve your writing. As I said earlier, please do leave comments and constructive criticism. You can go to the group on Goodreads or you can send me an email. That's andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. My thanks as ever to the guys at podcastthemes.com for providing the theme music. I'll be back in about a month's time. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>